0: the questions why not and the answer is yes what would happen if it did that was just happened for the day i don't know maybe the world People would go in yes full to, chaos i don't i don't know or maybe we would love each other more right uh, maybe, I, maybe maybe i yeah. should tell you know that person that i love them why not
1: mm-hmm. now well maybe
0: i should punch my husband in the face
1: yeah not <laughs> You're the like, Why not?
0: For sure. <laughs> and they are going to be like, "Oh, on the Proclivity podcast, they told me to say yes to everything." So I broke your nose. Hey, what's happening, you guys? Welcome to the Proclivity podcast. I am your host, Joel Cochran. I am here with Emily Rodella. Co host and extraordinaire. And we're here today to talk to you about the gut brain access, the connection of your brain to your body, and why you may be having symptoms such as upset stomach.
1: Yeah, GI, GI symptoms, so- memory issues, what? focus issues, cold hands and feet.
0: Is there any emotional things that come with it as well?
1: Uh, stress, anxiety, depression,
0: small things. We're going to talk about how that connects. We're going to talk about Emily's story because she has a very unique story with this. We're going to talk about the causes, what causes poor gut health, brain health, how are they related? And we're going to talk about the treatment. How are we going to treat this? So that's what we have on tap. We're going to dive right into it. Emily, let's start off with the basics. What is the gut-brain access or the gut-brain connection? Is there really a difference mm-hmm. in the way we, that we say it? Does it depend?
1: There's, Yeah, there's technical terms. Yeah, I think for most people, I'll put it real simply. It's It's the idea that there is a connection between our gut and our brain, meaning they communicate. Mm-hmm. One affects the other. It's a bi-directional pathway where if there's something going on in your gut, it's going to affect your brain. If there's something going on in your brain, it's going to affect your gut. It's clear and plain and simple that that's there. Okay.
0: So let's make it real tacky for people. What the heck? Or give me an example, right? People are like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: no, there's a full disconnect from brain and stomach. Let's Let's bring the two pieces together here. What's an example?
1: Right, so so the classic example is, you know, if you're nervous for a presentation, you have butterflies in your stomach,
0: hmm.
1: right? You're nervous, and that starts in your brain, cause you're like, oh, I'm about to do this presentation, so you get nervous, and then you feel it in your gut, mm-hmm. right? Or anyone who said, oh, I have a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. It works subconsciously and consciously. So those are the classic examples, but there's so, so many more Yeah, that we, we will get into.
0: Well, like even, you know, um, like you said, Oh, that you see that person and you get butterflies. Why would I feel something in my stomach? Why don't I feel it in my elbow? Right? There's never been a time where like I saw her across the room and I felt my uh, pointer finger go numb. Not. I felt the butterflies in my (laughs) stomach. Right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, something nerve wracking such as, oh, they're about to break up with me. Now, all of a sudden, I'm having diarrhea like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Or constipated. How does Mm -hmm. that work? All the stuff that we're going to dive in today, guys, we want to make sure that we have this connection. As we tend to do here at the Proclivity Podcast, we want to bring it down to the level where it makes total sense. And that's what we're going to do today. So, we talked about the, the gut-brain access a little bit, or the, the name of it. We know that the brain mm-hmm. and the gut are connected. How how does this work? How does the gut-brain mm-hmm. access work? Are they sending signals back and forth? Is it the brain that's affecting the gut? Is it the gut that's affecting the brain?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so just to clarify, too, and first off the brain encompasses your brain, your eyes, right? So sensory stuff too. So what you're looking at, right? That's how we, we see the person. Then we get nervous. Mm. Um, so our, our brain, our eyes, and also our entire nervous system. And so that includes our spinal cord and all the things that are within that. Mm. And so that's the brain. And then the gut, oftentimes people think of the gut as just their stomach, but it's, it's way more than that. it's, Everything that your food goes along, right? So in your mouth, it starts in your mouth, goes all the way down your esophagus, your stomach, small intestine, large intestine, and then all the way out, right, when you go to the bathroom. So that's our entire gut. When people say gut, that's it's the whole thing. And so how our, how those two are connected are several ways, but the main one that most people talk about is through the vagus nerve. We have a, vague, a nerve nerve a nerve connection going from our brain down to our gut and specifically more in our midsection region, like our stomach. And the vagus nerve also goes to other organs, but specifically we're talking about today, it all, it connects to our gut. And so it sends signals via chemicals, via hormones. And yes, it goes back and forth. Like it's like a highway between your brain and your gut. Hmm. And so it affects us in so many ways, right? In terms of our immune response, when we get nervous, if we are stressed in our, if we're stressed mm-hmm. or we have even a brain injury, it affects our gut and vice versa. So it's, ne- it's not, it's often not just one, something in the brain or just something in the gut affecting the other. They're often in a cycle and affecting each other. Mm.
0: So it's like northbound and southbound traffic, right? In terms mm-hmm. of like what's yeah. being signaled by the brain and what's being signaled by the stomach. And you talked about the the vagus nerve. What is vagal toning?
1: Well, so the vagus nerve is what helps us get into a parasympathetic state. And so it helps our brain go, hey, like, let's slow down our heart rate. Let's take this anxiety down a notch. Mm -hmm. Let's digest. Mm -hmm. Let's have proper immune function. That's its role of the vagus nerve. And so if we're having poor vagus nerve output and stimulation of the brain, it's not going to communicate well. Right, it's like having a traffic jam in that on that highway, mm. and so if we can help with the vagus nerve of toning it, as some people call it um, certain things, we can help improve that communication, thereby improving our stress, anxiety, immune function, all of that stuff I just listed.
0: Got gotcha. you, got gotcha. you. So, the the vagus nerve is connected to downregulating parasympathetic. Actions, so that's why they talk about like vagal toning is meditation or breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, uh, a lot of the stu- so stress the management. stress management stuff, and when we start having a, a better vagal tone, um, the symptoms that we may be experiencing can go away, like uh, maybe mm-hmm. heartburn, um, uh, chronic inflammation uh, digestive issues, so on and so forth.
1: Yes. So many things. Yes. Okay, Exactly. cool. So
0: then let's, let's dive into that. We're understanding now that the gut brain access is a highway. It's up, up and down. If we're too stressed, we're creating traffic jams, then there's not good signals, uh, to the gut. The gut then is getting to this, like, uh, we don't have signals. So we're going to start having symptoms, Right. What is What are some of the symptoms, just in case people are listening, they're now catching on, like, okay, I get this gut brain access, vagal tone, okay. What are some symptoms so that they can start going like, oh, shoot, that's me?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and keep in mind when I read some of these symptoms out, it could be something as simple as, oh, I need to improve my nutrition or I need to improve my sleep, right? So that's why we have things like the paleo, Uh, diet or you know switching to whole foods in general doesn't have to be a diet right Mm -hmm. and if those things still aren't working and you still have these symptoms right you're like oh my nutrition is on point and i did all whole i'm doing all whole foods i'm minimizing sugar Mm -hmm. right and it's still show you're still showing symptoms Mm -hmm. then this could be a gut brain issue and so the symptoms include all of the gut issues that we've ever talked about right bloating heartburn diarrhea constipation nausea right? Bloating I would think is the most typical and for some people diarrhea or alternating between constipation, diarrhea. Mm. So improper bowel movements, those kinds of things. But a lot of other things that people might not think about, memory issues, foggy brain, cold hands and feet, a really random one, toenail fungus. Mm. And then things like I mentioned before, anxiety, depression, even things like nutrient deficiencies, um, insulin dysregulation, so blood sugar issues. Um, balance issues, motion sickness, fatigue, abnormal heart rate, right? Which is usually paired with anxiety, um, liver dysfunction or even difficulty swallowing or breathing. Cause that vagus nerves runs along your throat, um, and helps again, communicate and allow us to relax.
0: Mm, gosh. And this is like, I mean, you named off damn near anything that anybody's had a symptom on ever. Okay. Um, Maybe not everything, right? Yet a lot of symptoms that people have throughout the day that they're just like, oh, man, it's, oh, it's the thing that I ate, you know, and maybe. Um, yet it seems like we tend to not make the connection with the brain that is affecting the body so dramatically. And this is why we love what we do because Mm -hmm. you work with the gut. I work with the mind. When we get that vagal tone and vagus nerve just flowing back and forth, people are like, holy crap, I feel amazing. It wasn't just about counting my macros.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It it was about being able to deal with the, the nasty trauma story that I had back in my life that it keeps coming over and over and over again into my day-to-day that then causes the inflammation or the poor digestion or so on and so forth. And it can also be vice versa. I I cleared out my trauma, this Mm -hmm. and that, yet I'm eating really refined foods. I don't have have a poor microbiome, which actually causes me to feel depressed and anxious.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like... Mm -hmm.
0: Woof, like there, there's a lot here. And we're going to keep <laughs> winding it. So, we've given you guys the breakdown of the gut brain access itself. How does it work? What are some of the symptoms you're laying in? Let's bring real world stuff here. Emily, you have dealt with gut issues for an extended period of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot. Why? Why?
1: It's <laughs> a great question, Joel. It is a great question. Yeah, so I got, in, <laughs> I got into this line of work because, yeah, in my uh, pretty much it, starting college, I started to get gut issues and I was diagnosed with several different autoimmune diseases and put on medications and they didn't work and nothing was improving and had a laundry list of symptoms right i had kidney stones seizures um what i thought was fibromyalgia but it was they called it chronic exertional compartment syndrome in my legs chronic pain essentially um rash on my face no period <laughs> like and then but the really the most annoying one was the chronic pain in my legs and then the poor digest digestion i was bloated every single day after every meal the only time i felt relief was after going to the bathroom and that was like maybe every other day mm. so it, it affect, this is, again, this is how I got into it. And I started to think like, Hey, there's gotta be something more than this rather than just a pill that doesn't work. Right. So I started looking into dietary stuff because that's what I first found when I was looking up on the internet and listening to other people. And I spent years, years trying different nutritional protocols, elimination diets all the different things to see if it would help fix my gut issues because I knew a lot of my gut issues were causing these other issues, right? I just mentioned, if you have gut imbalances, it can affect nutritional deficiencies, which has, if you think about it logically, will lead to other health issues if you don't have the right nutrients. And so I continued to do the deep dive and was like, well, I, I found some some relief, right, through eliminating sugars, of course, and gluten and dairy some, you know, in the usual things, but I still have ongoing gut issues and symptoms arrives. And over time I started to learn about the vagus nerve and stress and breath work and how all of these things really have an impact on our gut function. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really settled in for me of being like, whoa. Now looking back, it was more to do with my stress and perhaps um, the stories in my head or certain things that happened in my childhood or how I thought about myself that was causing this tension, right, or lack of relief in my day-to-day life that caused, really looking back, caused a lot of my gut issues, if not the majority, right, or at least started it and then the food could snowball affect it.
0: Hmm. So, and, and you were telling me this a little bit uh, before we started the podcast, that you feel that you've had an imbalanced gut microbiome since you were a little kid.
1: Mm-hmm. How come? Yeah, there's lots of reasons. So the most impactful things from like zero to three are things like if your mother breastfed you, which mine, mine did, I believe, for maybe six months. Um, if you were born vaginally, which I was. Grateful for that because there are some studies showing that if you're born via C-section, the the gut microbiome starts off just a little differently. Um, if you're exposed to pets, I had a pet, right? I actually had a lot of good things going for me, um, but also food, right? So in your environment and food, antibiotics definitely had those. Mm-hmm. Any other medications? Had some of those, and then I was a very picky eater, so really I was eating all processed foods, maybe some fruit yogurt, but it was sweetened with the, the fake flavors, mm-hmm. right? And that was really it. And so I, I do contribute my picky eating and potentially some stress, right? From, um, when I was child, my parents got divorced. I was the youngest. I felt like that was, um, I took that on as one of my own burdens, right? Like, um, you know, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet so they can figure it out and not be a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was a combination of it all because again, it's environmental. Mm-hmm. It's what we think about in our head. It's what we put into our mouth. It's all of it. But most people don't think about the stress part. Most people just focus on the food part. That's interesting.
0: One of the things that came to mind for me is like, you know, talking about kids and we're talking, you know, uh, as of recent over the last two to three years, there's been a lot of uh, fear in terms of viruses and colds and so on and so forth. And there's, there's really been a push to, really almost over sanitize is that going to affect microbiomes for kids i'm I'm, I'm talking like yes we can see it can affect adults but like you were talking about how important Mm -hmm. it is from zero to three if if kids are growing up in a super super sterile environment is that healthy unhealthy what's the what's that about
1: it's a tricky one in the covid uh era Mm -hmm. for (laughs) sure um, but yes, it does affect you. It affects your gut microbiome because whether you're, if you're sanitizing everything, it's like antibiotics, you're killing out all the good and all the bad and the good, mm-hmm. right? It. So it's like antibiotics in your gut. You're killing all of it out. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, got to rebuild our gut microbiome because mm-hmm. one of the key signals or signatures of a healthy gut microbiome or microbiota in general, we have it on our skin too, in our mouth, all over our body is having a diverse set of microbiota different bacteria mm-hmm. right so when we wipe it all out we're starting from scratch and so it's definitely something to keep in mind of making sure hey if if we are around sick people yeah or in a, in a setting where we need to wash our hands right that makes sense but then go get your hands in the dirt go eat some probiotic rich foods or some plant or high fiber foods mm-hmm. eat some yogurt um, so it's definitely something to pay attention to we don't want to be over sanitizing unnecessarily
0: That's good. That's good. I was going to talk about many other things when it comes to me (laughs) and, uh, it's just best that I don't.
1: (laughs) And what you do to (laughs) divers.
0: Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) when is the last time I washed my fruit?
1: (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh, it
0: has dirt on it. I'm like, wham right in my mouth.
1: Yes. Yes. No, it's a good thing. Especially if it's organic.
0: Yeah. I mean, all my, organic. Yes. <laughs> all my fruits and vegetables are org- organic. And so I think to myself, I'm like, mm-hmm. if it was all organic and I was just literally pulling this from the vine, would I really want to wash it?
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely not.
0: No. I would just eat it. You know? Now, of course, it's being processed and this and that. What else could be on it? But I'm like, it's me, it's me. It's me, me.
1: I know. I'm in the same camp. But yeah, I know a lot of other people are like, well, I was in the grocery store. Other people were touching it. Great. Okay, well, then rinse it off with water or, yeah, go with it. Like, again, who you come in contact with, like who you shake hands with, who you kiss, who you, Mm -hmm. yeah, touch the grocery cart after, like, that's not always a bad thing, Mm -hmm. right? It can help uh, diversify your, (laughs) it sounds like diversify your portfolio, but your microbiota. Oh, my gosh. Same idea. (laughs) diversifying your microbiome.
0: (laughs) Different things to invest in here, folks. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) And so we talked a little bit about your story. Do you still struggle with uh, gut issues or microbiome? Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, Especially postpartum, right? Our body goes through a lot of hormonal fluctuations. And if you know anything about the gut microbiome, hormones affect your gut balance and the communication between your brain and your gut, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then if any parent out there or, if anyone is a parent out there, they understand that that also increases stress, right? For different reasons. And so, for me, it's about figuring out, continuing to work on myself of how to manage my stress better. Mm. And so, it's when I, when I find myself in higher stress, even if I don't feel stressed.
0: <laughs> oh, man, you guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Because
1: Joel will often ask me, hey, like, what do you think it's stress? Or, like, he'll, you know, we'll get on the subject. And, I'm like, no, I don't feel stressed. And, so that's something I'm very much still working on of recognizing: mm-hmm. Hey, am I an over? Um, am I overstimulated? Do I need to rest more? What do I need to do to take a load off? Right, because I'll get those yellow lights, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. symptoms, whether it be a skin issue or a gut issue, for me. Yep. Um. So yeah, still working on it. I'm I'm still human. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Emily.
0: We're about to do some. We're about to do some coaching right here. I'm I'm just curious do you believe that there could be a correlation that you may have learned the pattern to ignore those signals being the youngest in your family and that you have continued those Mm. patterns and brought them into your family or your work environment or into your business that you're just like, nope, I'll just keep me at the very bottom, take care of everyone else. And now you've gotten so trained at putting Mm those signals like deafening those signals that we actually Mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. hear the alarms going off we're like yeah there's no stress because there's no alarms going off and yet (laughs) you know casey and i are going like you don't hear that alarm
1: (laughs) 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 yes i laugh but it's true it's 100 true um because i was just telling my husband too the other day like I definitely bottled my emotions up as a child. I remember so distinctly like multiple times, even in movies, right? Like at sad parts. I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And again, it goes back to <clears throat> me being the youngest. Um, I, my parents getting divorced when I was younger and there being a lot of conflicting things and me just wanting to be one less conflict. Mm. Right? So 100%. And again, something I'm still looking into and working on.
0: Cool. And you know what, guys? This is the kind of stuff that you want to question. We we talk about it a lot in the proclivity method. Curiosity kills conflict. We tend to want to create the solution, right? You know, uh, put a flag in the ground with a statement instead of really start questioning. Why is it like this? Mm-hmm. And being really curious and diving into that stuff can start unraveling some stuff that has been holding us back. We work with a lot of people who are like, I've tried everything. I'm like, yeah, have you though? Let's talk about your mom or dad. They're like, no, no, that has nothing to do with anything. I don't know. It has everything to do with everything, right? Just like Emily's <laughs> talking about from those age of zero to three, the microbiome is, is being established so is your central nervous system from what your parents are teaching you through their traumas. Not just like, oh, stack the blocks like this, honey. No, it's the way that you're breathing, the way that you react when the doorbell goes off. They're taking in everything. And being able to deal with your trauma helps you, helps your child, to not bear the burden that has been placed upon you. I don't even say burden. Mm -hmm. I don't even like using the word burden, but it's just what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so really important that those two things, we're talking about the gut, we're talking about the brain of having those two things uh, managed um, for your kids, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your friends and everybody else around. The more regulated you are, and you have a better vagal tone, the better energy that you're going to be giving off, that you're going to be receiving, life's going to be a lot easier, which then leads to better digestion, better feelings, so on and so forth. Yep. So that's a little bit of M's story. That's a little bit of my story as well. Even though I didn't really get into anything about my <laughs> my past and, and my family and my trauma, um, yet let's dive into the causes here so Mm -hmm. what what truly does and we've touched a little bit uh, you know talking about this but what what are the causes of poor brain health or poor gut health that we can kind of be tactful
1: here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so in my opinion number one is stress and that could be so many different things for so many different people again whether you realize it or not Mm -hmm. so there's that. There's, uh, you know, a step above that of literal injury to the brain. So there's studies showing that, um, sadly, they caused a traumatic brain injury on mice, and six hours later, they all developed leaky gut. And then they st- on the, there's some mice that they stimulated the vagus nerve, right, helping v- find tone in your vagal nerves, how you were saying it, and that prevented leaky gut from happening. Hmm. So... <laughs> Very interesting. Yet, so any kind of injury to the brain. um, I mentioned before, antibiotics or drug usage, right? Antibiotics kill out everything. There's things like birth control and um, steroids and NSAIDs. So any of the anti-inflammatory stuff can have an effect if it's overused, Mm. for sure. Mm. Um, Right? On the nutrition side of things, diets that are high in refined carbohydrates, the seed oils, processed foods in general. Um, fake sugars have a big effect on your gut microbiome. So, like aspartame, the artificial ones, sucralose, definitely stay away from mm-hmm. those. If your diet's really low in fermentable fibers, so like probiotic rich foods. So, yogurt, sauerkraut. If you're, again, eating highly refined foods, you're usually steering clear of the fibrous foods and the fermentable foods. Um, if you have infections, so infections of the brain or in your body can affect things like uh, poor output of the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, Poor sleep for sure, right? That I always tie that in with poor uh, or stress or poor stress management, I should say. Um, And then your environment, right? Things like, do you have a dog? (laughs) That provides a big diverse uh, set of microbiota, which actually helps most people. um, If you're getting your hands and feet in the Mm -hmm. dirt, or again, like you said, if you're washing your hands too much on the negative side, that can be an issue. And so again, first and foremost, stress, stress management, sleep exercise and then of course things like your diet medication use antibiotics um, those kinds of things
0: what i heard is that we should all have dogs
1: (laughs) (laughs) in the ideal world yes
0: because well dependent let's put that there okay let's put Mm -hmm. the dependent (laughs) because obviously Mm -hmm. they can give you some more diverse microbiome and they can create
1: cause more stress. They can create a lot
0: more stress. <laughs> or, right, when the dog comes and cuddles up against sure. you, right, and you're able to just snuggle up, or when you come home and they're just so happy to see you,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: all vagal toning, right? That's yep. all. Yep. De- there's a reason that uh, people have therapy dogs because it ooh, brings them down, mm-hmm. brings them out of yes. that dysregulated, super sympathetic state, and like, ah, oh, this is good. This is good. Mm-hmm. But it's also a reason why some people can get really obsessive about dogs and, and animals. If you're really, really is obsessive about your dogs, you guys, we might need some different regulating uh, patterns mm. to work on. Because if the only one we're really focusing on is with our dog, what happens when our dog dies? We are going right. to be super dysregulated or we just get another dog. Which you can do too. Right. <laughs> Which you can do too. Gotcha. So we have these different causes. Um, we know that a lot of stuff that we talk about in the proclivity method, you could have all of the, the things when it comes to nutrition, right? I'm not eating refined foods. I'm eating whole foods. All of this. And could they still have a disrupted gut if their stress level's out of 10?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%, right? Because then we're not producing the right digestive enzymes, even not the right um, neurotransmitters. Yes, so we're not digesting well, we're not absorbing well, we're not producing the right things to regulate our body.
0: Okay, so let's flip it. I have very little stress, but all I'm eating is refined foods, Um sugars, fake sugars, so on and so forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But my stress is super low. Yeah. So same kind of res- yeah. result.
1: Honestly, <laughs> if you had to pick one or the other, I'd probably pick that one because you'll, I mean, you guys probably know someone who doesn't eat very well, but they're stress-free and they're just living life. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't get sick or maybe they get one thing here and there. Not not a big deal. But the stress is, the, in my opinion, the bigger impact. But yes, if you're eating a poor diet, it is still going to affect your brain because usually you are going to have poor energy. You are not going to sleep well. Mm-hmm. You are probably not going to be exercising as much, and so that is going to affect your your mood, your brain function, memory, um, all of that as well.
0: Hmm. Dang, that might have that might have really turned the page for a couple people right there. That Emily, the nutritionist,
1: okay, the <laughs> right. nutrition
0: coach, literally just said, "Man." You could go have in and out and eat uh, your bag of Doritos, but if you're stress-free, it might be better than eating all of your super mm-hmm. whole foods, but having a stress level of
1: ten because you're not going to digest it. Yeah, and there's that I learned it from Chris Cresser. I think it's a Chinese saying or proverb of, and again, we don't usually use good and bad, but or wrong or right in terms of talking about food. But he says. It's better to eat the wrong food with the right attitude than to eat the wrong food or eat the right food with the wrong attitude.
0: Oh, man. We're really shaking the cages of some people that are listening right now. Dang. And that is why we are different than any other program you've gone through because we and when we say we, it's really me. Reaching into your soul and being able to rattle that cage. Mm-hmm. And first three weeks of the proclivity method, most people are like, I want to quit this. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. <laughs> right? And then they get through the third week and they're go, holy crap, I'm glad I did this. I mm-hmm. feel better. I move better. I digest better. Now it's easier to eat the whole foods because I'm not freaked out, stressed out all the time, level 10. I can go, yeah, I don't really need the sugar. Yeah, I'm good.
1: Mm-hmm. Weird. And you guys, Joel asks really good questions. He's great at this job.
0: Thanks. I received that.
1: I, I, I had to mention that because you mentioned before, like, okay, you, you got to dig deep sometimes and ask yourself the whys, but sometimes that's hard for people when they don't even recognize it. Oh, yeah. So even for me, when you ask me the question, I'm like, oh, I never even thought about mm-hmm. that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, th- this is if you guys listen to our, um, you know, uh, podcast about action or awareness, action, and accountability. The accountability is first and foremost you stepping up and putting your money where your mouth is. You want to change, hire a coach, hire a coach. Because what we do is we help you see the forest past the tree, right? You're standing in front of the tree and you only feel this thing. You only see this thing. And then we just go, Hey, what if you just move to the right just a little bit? You're like, what is this? A whole new world, right? That's what coaching Mm -hmm. good coaching does. We don't force you into it. We just say, Hey, well you just, what if you just took a step to the right? Why would I take a step to the right? I'm looking at this tree. Well, let's just give it a shot. And you take a step to the right? You're like, Oh my gosh, there's a forest behind this tree. Huh? interesting. I don't know. What if we walked forward? Well, then I would leave leave, leave this tree. Well, you can always come back to it. Okay. And then all of a sudden we find different things that the reason that we're saying this guys is that it is so important to recognize the gut and the brain. You can ignore it if you want. You can say stress is an issue, but your body will tell the truth every day. time every time mm-hmm. let's let's be able to get out of our heads more into our hearts into our bodies and see the change that can happen so which then brings us to it how do we treat it how do we treat poor gut health if we're having those system uh, symptoms we now understand right where poor gut health comes from and poor brain health comes from, how do, how do we treat it?
1: Yeah. So again, most people look to nutrition first, which again is helpful. Yes. And those things include at, for a lot of people, not everyone, right? Depending on where you're at, this is why coaches coach is again helpful. But for a lot of people it's adding in uh, probiotic rich foods. Uh, for some people it's adding in more fiber rich foods like fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. that are high in fiber mm-hmm. Um, and then it's avoiding things like the fake sugars, sugar in general, are the seed oils mm-hmm. or all the things that might break our gut down or cause an imbalance there. Yeah. But again, m- I say more importantly, right, if you're going to start somewhere or pick one, then it's the managing the stress part, right? That's what's going to stimulate our vagus nerve. So it could be something like breath work for one person or meditation, or it could be taking a walk for another person, Mm -hmm. could be spending time with loved ones, could be watching a funny movie every once in a while, Mm -hmm. laughing, (laughs) sleep, (sighs) aerobic exercise, right? Even though that can be a little bit more sympathetic. So making sure it's parasympathetic, usually activity to help Mm -hmm. calm us down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's going to look different for everyone, but those are all really good ideas.
0: And, And let's get tacky here all right, probiotic food, what, what should I have? How, how many times a a week?
1: Well, one study showed that a group of people literally had four to six servings a day for six weeks and that improved their gut microbiome diversity. Yet I don't expect people to do that. It's not super realistic, but it could be things like having yogurt in the morning and then sauerkraut with your dinner at night Mm -hmm. or kimchi, um, or kefir, or there's so many pickles. other vegetables or things you can ferment pickles. If you find pickles in the refrigerator section, yes. Not you know, the things on the shelf are not gonna have probiotics in it. Gotcha. So you want something that's refrigerated and has an added bacteria to it, you'll see it on the ingredient list. Um, and so those are the main ones. But there's lots of recipes out there to ferment your own foods. Kombucha, yes, but there's sugar in there, so that could actually cause more issues for some mm-hmm. people if you have a sugar issue with your gut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stick to the low low sugar fermentable foods like yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, those things. Cool.
0: So having a little yogurt in the morning, having some sauerkraut in the, the evening or pickles if they they have the, mm-hmm. the bacteria in it. Okay. And then the second thing was uh, um, high fiber foods. Is that what you said?
1: hmm Yeah. What so that in that like? same study, they... They did both and people had better results with the fermentable probiotic rich foods. But also for some people, there's other studies out there showing that high fiber foods can be helpful. So fibrous veggies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The cruciferous ones like broccoli, Mm -hmm. cauliflower, Um, literally any veggie aside from like the potatoes or the starchy Mm -hmm. ones are things. Well, even those actually will help if there's there's a technique, if you say even potatoes or rice, if you cook them and then cool them and eat them, say, an hour later or just as leftovers the next day, you can even reheat them. That that creates what's called a resistant starch, and that's like a type of fiber that can help too. Mm. So really, in general, if you're adding more veggies and lower sugar fruits, it's most likely going to be very helpful.
0: Cool. So eating some vegetables, let's say, at every meal, every time you eat, just making sure you have some vegetables. Mm-hmm. That would help, Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right
1: yeah and again if you if that causes more gut issues then there's some other gut issue going on you need to address that first cool
0: and we talked about stress and being able to down regulate um we've had many podcasts right the morning routine is something that we just recorded uh, about how to downregulate. yet what is one thing we can do a day to help that down regulating just your opinion there's plenty of them but what would be yours? I'll, I'll give mine here in just a sec.
1: Mm. <laughs> so I call it like my me time. So again, that could look like meditation, breath work, sitting outside looking at the river or the tree, the leaves blowing the trees. But it's just time where you're not thinking about a million other things. And it's focused, you relaxing, breathing. I love
0: it. Do you guys see what just happened there? I said, give me one thing. And of course, <laughs> the Emily, that it depends,
1: Sorry, gave yeah, me yeah.
0: seven different things. Emily, what's one thing that you would pick? You have to pick one. You have to pick with there's a gun to your head.
1: Okay. Getting outside and witnessing nature with no distractions.
0: Uh, like going on maybe like a 15-minute walk, 20-minute walk? Mm-hmm. Is that manageable mm-hmm. in someone's day to be able to get out, get some sunshine?
1: It is if you prioritize
0: huh. it. Interesting. One of my favorite things to down regulate is to light some candles and stretch at night while just breathing. Deep mm-hmm. breaths.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's getting me ready for bed. Lights are low. Man, does that feel real stinking good. Being able to down regulate, guys, is a skill. And something that should be just as important as eating, as working, as communicating. If you are not downregulating, you are not creating that channel in that gut-brain access. You are missing an essential piece of your health. And we're just pushing it to the side. I don't got time to breathe, to stretch. I got kids. I got work. I got this. You're going to have a grave too as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may not feel it now, or you may be like, why am I not losing this weight? There you go.
0: Bingo. Make down regulating something that you do, not that you wait six months to then take a week long vacation. And if you haven't listened to our How to Travel Like a Pro series, you're going to want to listen to that because people tend to go, oh, I'm going to travel. I can't wait for this travel. I'm going to get super stressed out before I leave for this travel. <laughs> and then I'm going to do all the things on my traveling. I'm not going to downregulate it at all. Actually, I'm going to wake up first thing in the morning. and We're going to run all over these places and see all these sites and Disneyland, Disney World, Disney everything. I get terrible sleep and you come back even more exhausted. Downregulating is a skill. Get real damn good at it we're going to have a proclivity retreat in the summer and we're going to teach you how to downregulate. It's going to be so good. I also found out that this Sierraville hot springs that we want to have our retreat on clothing optional, (laughs) (laughs) clothing optional in the Springs. (laughs) I don't know if that's too granola for most people that we it work is, with. You know is. what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, people get the people we work with, it's hard enough to just be like, hey, you can get some sunshine on your face. That's kind of weird. That's going to give me energy. Yeah, the sun that creates life is going to help you feel better <laughs> and help you digest. <laughs> but naked in the springs with the sun, you best believe you're going to feel like a million bucks, but you're going to have to get past that little right? Imposter inside. Okay. <laughs> guys, girls, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Anywho, we're talking about the gut brain access. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today talking about the gut brain access. If you guys have questions about the gut brain access, please reach out to us. This is essential. This is what we do in our program. It is the main vein of our success. Yet you are not going to go to our website and go. Ooh, the gut brain access. This is what we do. Why? Because most people don't understand it. Yet we do have our program. If you want to check it out, go to www.proclivity.co. Emily, anything else to tell the people? This is a big one for Emily. You guys, she researched this. She was, <laughs> I mean, this is she lives this. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, no. If you if you feel With anything, any sense of overwhelm, start somewhere, start with one little thing, right? And it really, the most impactful thing, is going to be something surrounding your uh, your stress, Mm -hmm. right? So pick one thing that's going to help you regulate and feel calm. Start there. Do that daily.
0: There it is. There it is. All right, you guys. That's it. Episode 101. We appreciate you guys listening. We look forward to hearing. We're not going to hear you. We're not going to see you. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode, 102. 102. Man, I'm killing this closure right now. I'm killing it. (laughs) We look forward to you joining us on episode 102. And until then,
1: best day ever. Best
0: day ever. Emily, I have a question for you. (laughs) Yes. Would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> uh, hands for feet. Why? Because it's really hard to grab things with your toes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you just haven't practiced enough. Maybe you should start practicing. I want you to try to feed Dansby. <laughs> I'm good. I want you to try to feed Dansby with your with your feet.
1: No, that's okay. <laughs> He's going to start doing that at school, and then I'm going to have a talk with the teachers. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, I want you to feed Casey. This could be some kinky stuff. Okay,
1: <laughs> he would not let. Me. <laughs> <laughs> he would not let
0: you at all. You guys, if you got to this, if you got to this part. And you heard this question, (laughs) answer the question in a review, and Emily's going to send you a box of element. There
1: it is. Mm -hmm. All right. See you later. See ya.